My name is Harrison Wheeler, and you're listening to Technically Speaking. In this episode, I sit down with Andre Wright, co-founder of Humanize My Hoodie, based in Iowa City, Iowa, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The mission of Humanize My Hoodie reads... The Humanize My Hoodie movement originated from a demand to end the killing of Black and Indigenous people across the world. As descendants of slaves, we recognize how hoodies have been used to amplify the myth of Black criminality. Our mission is to debunk that stereotype by designing revolutionary campaigns for Black and Indigenous people of color to be humanized, not criminalized. I sit down with Andre to discuss the origins of Humanize My Hoodie his personal journey through this movement and how design plays a role in activism. Well, I'm Andre Wright, um, co-founder of Humanize My Hoodie, uh, fashion activist, uh, author, um, husband of one, uh, father of three, uh, community leader, um, someone with uh, a lot of morals and values, someone who's found purpose, somebody who can be looked at as a symbol of hope, um, inspiration, all those different things, man. You know, at the end of that, I put a, you know, I'm a black man with a hard period, you know, especially at this time, it's really good to really just put a, put a hard period at that. Uh, you know, it just feels good to be, be black right now. Everybody who black right now feel liberated. So everybody black right now, man, should be, you know, should be feeling like, you know, royalty, you know what I mean, or gold, you know, like with all the, the treatment we've gotten all these years, man, everybody's screaming Black Lives Matter now. So, you know, feel good. How did you get to where you're at today uh, in, in finding your voice and in, in humanize my hoodie? And, and how has that evolved over time? I think for me, I, you know, I saw a lot of injustices as a child. I mean, you know, I, I was tell, talking to my mother uh, probably two weeks ago. And she's, you know, I was just telling her like, you know, like you guys moved us out of a predominantly um, black neighborhood and, you know, for us to escape, escape prison. Right. So, you know, cause I mean, essentially it's the people that were surrounded around in our, our environment that allows us to get into to those, to those things we're not supposed to get into. Um, and when, when I was talking to her, I said, but you took us and put us in a predominantly white neighborhood thinking that it would be better for us, but we dealt with racism at a young age. And because of that situation, I've always felt like I had to fight in some kind of way, um, whether it be like just being better than the next person like this in this kind of way, like, like sharpening my skills, whether it be like um, using my art as a way to uh, you know attack things. Even as a child, I didn't even know how to speak up against that stuff. And I know a lot of people right now don't know what to say, like especially a lot of young people. I wish I could have did more as a in my youth age like these young people are right now. I wish I was more like that. I wasn't like that as a youth, but I always felt it. You know, I always felt like I could do something. You know what I'm saying? So when I got a chance to get the stage and like my platforms as they started to evolve, you know, I started to do really bold stuff like in Iowa City, where it's 90% white, I would do shows that would be like called All Black Everything. And I would hire only black, 
models. I would only bring on only black designers, only black photographers. And I was um, making a stand. I was I was just deliberately saying, man, you know, on my watch, you're not going I'm not going to allow you guys to not pay attention to us. And I'm going to use every ounce of you know power I have to make sure that we're seen. And so I was just using my gifts and my talents and, you know, just using historical, um, you know, things and, and, and bringing it to light. And I think, you know, where the purpose aligned is when Jason made a post. And I've been friends with Jason since, you know, since I was like 16 years old. And Jason's my business partner uh, with Humanize My Hoodie. Um, he's a longtime activist, uh, president of NAACP, inspiration to me and to many others. Um, just from his activism, you know, standing up for us and who we are and, you know, our principles and stuff like that. So when he made a post about he was going to teach the next semester of his class at, in academia and wear his hoodie for the whole semester, I was like, oh, man, this is, this is it. Like, I, it just clicked like that. I was like, yo, look, I called him. I called him right away. I said, let's not just do it in a classroom, but let's Let's think of a way to do this as a global thing, because I think everybody, it would resonate with everybody, not knowing that it was going to resonate with everybody like that. And so, you know, you know, thinking four years, four years later, you know, we we have an iconic product product that became like the I mean, this movement is the movement of 2020 for black lives. When you, you think about, you know, George Floyd, the. Uh, the lynching of him and how he was lynched and all the stuff we were doing before that. And if you put it in context of where our movement was right then, it's at our headquarters. So who had the loudest voice during that time? It was us. So it just, took, it took that for people to just see us. And now they see us and they like, Oh, this was happening. I can't believe this was around, you know? So it's, it's one of those moments right now, you know? So if you're, be humanized my hoodie it feel good to be black it feel good to be all that you know right right because because i just want to go back to to you and jason yeah. jason is actually in minneapolis yeah. and you you frequently make trips up there yeah like twice a week twice a week um that's like my second home my wife's like why is how like you know like i'm always up there you know we all i mean i'm up there i mean a lot of our business is done up there in fact i don't even ship and do any of that stuff from iowa anymore it's all in minneapolis i've already got my fulfillment. I got my person who's doing it. I don't have to do any of those things anymore. So. So I want to go back to a term that you mentioned earlier in the episode, and that is fashion activism. Uh, what it, what exactly is that? I think it's the, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where, you know, it's a broad term. And, it, and, and I think for me, when I'm saying I'm the fashion activist, it's saying that I'm using my platform um, as a fashion designer to speak out uh, against injustices of black and indigenous people of color. So I'm being very specific when I'm telling people that I'm a fashion activist. Now, I think there's many forms of that where, you know, you think about sustainability and uh, the, the, uh, the lifespan of a garment. I think there's some activism that needs to happen in the fashion industry as a whole um, and because of that, there's people that are saying that they're fashion activists because they don't want the landfills to continue to be filled up with fashion pieces, which is like the number two product to be actually in a landfill. So it's because of the fashion 
industry that the world is kind of sinking. So it all makes sense. So it's kind of like one of those things where you have the activists and they're speaking out in different ways, um, using garments and using, uh, you know, different materials, different uh, ways to print. I mean, it's all kinds of different forms of it. Just like um, as a metaphor to Black Lives Matter, it's like, you know, like, like, like the same thing. It's like fashion lives matter. You know what I mean? Like in, in a context, if you could put that in context. So that's what it is, man. It's more of like, it's more of like me putting myself in a, a situation where it's like, now I can identify as something and people can, you know, identify me as something. So versus just saying I'm a fashion designer, they can say, man, Dre is the fashion activist, which is something that I, you know, I've been doing for a long time. Again, we go back to, you know, just the shows and just being radical and just speaking out against, you know, injustices for us and using my platform to do that. I mean, I don't know anybody in Iowa that has been any rap. I mean, does stuff like that. You know, I, I don't know anybody. You tell me. One of the the most important things about having a platform is that platforms give you a level of amplification. Uh, what are some ways in which Humanize My Hoodie has grown uh, in 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 ways that you didn't expect it to? Man, I mean, it's I don't even, bro. I can't even explain that. Like, I don't even know how to explain that. Like, to be a hundred percent honest. Like from the time we trademarked it two weeks after I was at New York Fashion Week, we had the attention of everybody looking at me with that hoodie on. I decided at that time to invest everything that I had into that product because I understood where it was at. From there, man, we met like Jane Elliott, you know, from Meek Mill to to sit next to it to, you know, Ancestor Nipsey Hustle, sit next to it to Man, multiple select Keisha Cole. I mean, I could just go on and on. Man, everybody, everybody has seen those three words: "human knives my hoodie." Like yeah, for man. sure, it, facts. It resonates. To like Rock Nation calling us on the phone and saying, "Hey, we want to do something with you guys." To us being able to talk to corporate partnerships and saying, "Man, we really don't know if we really want to do this or not." Like we have the option to say, "Man, we don't know." Man, we we actually might say no to y'all. You know. Like that's, I mean, I've never felt like that before. They actually want to date us now. You know what I'm saying? Like we actually look kind of good in the club. <laughs> so I, I never had that type of impact. So, you know, outside of just, you know, the the glitz and glamour, I think, I think what's, what people really understand is that we're real genuine. Right. And at the same time, there right. is a human nature to it. It's just me and Jason who really care about people in a real you know, radical way. Like we really love us in a radical way. If you've been to any of our presentations, people understand that it's bigger than a hoodie. It's not really, I always tell people if they're purchasing a hoodie, they're not actually purchasing a hoodie. They're purchasing a feeling, a way of people, you know, like the way we make people feel is like what we expect other people to make other people feel, you know, in a, in a radical way. It's about radical love. You know, from the time we give out hoodies to the kids, from the time we share space with our allies and talk to them about, you know, different parts of our lives, traumatic parts of our lives that, you know, it's emotional distress. So, man, we made all kinds of impact, bro. Like it's been it's been one hell of a ride, man, for four years, man, straight up. I, like, I couldn't change nothing from peaks to valleys to not having some money sometimes to driving 18, you know, 18 hours from New York to New York Fashion Week to 
you know, building our own documentary to having our own book. I mean, I could keep going on. I mean, I just, you know, I think, I think for me, it's always been like, you know, what's the next project and like, let's go, you know what I mean? Like what's the next project and let's go. You know, I'm always, I've always been that person like to do that, whether it was like something at a nine to five or if it was me doing the entrepreneurial stuff, we doing music now, bro. We got a whole, you know, situation. I ain't even told you about that, man. We got a whole situation. Hmm. So, so how has your definition or perception of design changed since going into fashion activism? I think, I think what it is, man, it's, it's, I think it looks like a future of activism, man, a future of fighters, a future of resilient people, a future of, you know, people with multiple messages of people of uh, change. I think it's also, you know, on a more detailed side, I think it's an evolution of black enterprise and black businesses and black ownership and it's, you know, education. And I think it's, you know, um, moving away from the police and divesting from the police and like learning how to do more community models and like, how can we, you know, protect ourselves and not have to make those calls. And, you know, I think it's just us becoming a lot smarter, man. It's, it's, it started as like us talking about a hooded garment, but that's evolved into a whole nother conversation now. You know, when we're talking about black lives, I think at some point, I'm very optimistic, man, that we're going to be able to take those words off the hoodie and we could just wear the hoodie and not have to even say humanize my hoodie as black people. Hmm. So in, in this next question, Dre, um, you know, we had an opportunity to go to the same school. We actually worked in, in the same firm, granted, at, at two different times. Um, since kind of moving into fashion activism and, and seeing the growth of Humanize My Hoodie, how has your perception of design changed um, since you started out? Oh, it's definitely evolved. It, I mean, you got to think, I, I came from an era when we had to actually use protractors and like, you know, do the T-squares and like actual use hand. That's how I learned how to do design. So I can go all the way back to that. To where we at today where I'm I'm not even thinking about I probably don't even do as much design in front of the computer. It's mostly here. So it's like, how can I design mentally versus how can I actually do a design like on on paper or on computer or even on a hoodie? Like what can how can I design my life? I think that's the that's that's kind of where we're at right now. Like design evolutions become um, a holistic thought, discipline, whatever you want to call it. And and that's where we're at. Just like how on May 26, 2020, the world changed forever for Black people. I think, you know, for politicians, they're going to be held a lot more accountable. So there needs to be a new design of that. I think, uh, you know, policing is going to be, you know, held accountable. There's a new design for that. I think uh, advertising and the way you show people um, is going to change and there needs to be a new design for that. So design um, in its evolution, man, it's the it's the future of how we we move like we are. We're so important right now. People don't even understand Des designers and people who are creatively, you know, enhanced or, you know, creative, creative thought leaders. Man, these people are on top. Like straight up, we get a chance to rebuild um it's already been destroyed so it's time to just rebuild and it's you know this this new future of people that's going into that rebuilding process 
design is definitely at the forefront. So it's definitely evolved from like, you know, me thinking I was just going to be working at some advertising firm to who I am today. Like I'm thinking about design right now. Like how am I going to design what I'm going to say next before I say it to you? You know, that's what it's all about, man. So it's, we on a whole nother level, man. So whatever they teach in the school, they need to elevate that design thinking too, straight up. It's real world stuff, you know? I mean, but you got to think, let's go back to M&D just, just for a second. But without those building blocks that we got at M&D, man, I couldn't even be on the phone talking to you like that. You know what I mean? Like, I learned a lot at that place. Um, a lot. Meaning, like, from just knowing how to interact with other people to just having time to feel like I'm in a real situation. Like, Black Black, I'm just going to talk about black people just for a second. Black people never had any situations like that. I think we're the only two, maybe. There might have been a couple others after us, but like, bro, when I was there, it was like, I, I might have been the black person they ever hired, man. I, I don't know, but it just felt like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they, yeah, man. I, I mean, not, not much has really changed. I think, um, in the latest report by AIGA, uh, you know, black folks still only make up uh, three, 3% of, you know, the makeup in the design industry as a whole. Man, see, that's what I'm saying. So a lot of us been asleep, man. So the activism part is like us just being in those roles and being like, um, there's this term called uplift suasion uh, from the 1790s. They used it on black people. Um, mostly in Virginia, but you can look up the term. But the thing about it, what uplift suasion was, it was just a way to keep us calm, to keep us like them, to talk like them, to do their stuff, to, you know, like not be loud in classrooms, to not be um, who we really were, not to be black. And, and so because of that, we have the situation we have today. That's why it's so important for all of us to be radical and be activists and to be talking about injustices in all facets of work. That's why you see me, I gave up my whole career just to say, man, look, I'm fighting for y'all, man. I'm willing, I ain't only care about no money, man. Y'all just take care of me, I'm straight. So it's important. That's why I like to be able to talk about that stuff on these type of platforms because you have a whole different audience that's gonna listen to this and they're gonna be like, Man, why he was always saying all, he kept saying black stuff, man. Like, some people don't say that, man. Like, you know what I mean? Some people just still ain't going to get it. But what what's important is for us black people to be celebrated, man. They got to celebrate us, man. We, we've been, you know, we've had our head, our, you know, a, a neck, a knee on our neck for like 465 some years. We done with that. Thanks, Dre. I really appreciate uh, you being on the show today. Um and, you know, I just want to wrap up, uh, you know, what are, what are some final words you, you want to leave with the, the audience today? Um, I would say just continue to follow the movement, continue to strive for greatness, um, continue to just be who you are, chase your um, passions, don't chase the money, you know, follow, follow your purpose, um, you know, come from the gut with everything. Um, and if you want to know more about any of the stuff that I've been talking about, you know, from the fashion activism or, you know, just about the Humanize My Hoodie movement in general, you know, you can follow us at humanizemyhoodie.com. Peace. Enjoy this episode. Be sure to hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform that you use. 
You can also subscribe to my newsletter at harrisonwheeler.com for the latest industry insights, new article posts, and announcements of future guests on the show. Once again, thanks for listening to this episode of Technically Speaking. I'm your host, Harrison Wheeler, and I'm out. Hey, I just launched the new YouTube channel for Technically Speaking. I don't have 100 subscribers yet to get that custom URL, so you'll have to search Technically Speaking in the search bar for the time being. Invite your friends, family, or the whole neighborhood while you're at it, and tell them to subscribe. 